welcome to another episode of Dan Dan the Disney Man. Not Disney Dan because, well, there's actually another guy called Disney Dan who's on a much larger YouTube following than I do. Uh, my name is Daniel. I am a lifelong Disney freak, and I am here with my very good buddy and the producer of this amazing little podcast, uh, Tim Lifeite. Hey, I'm. Uh, please don't sue me, the Fonz. Please don't. Wow, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how you doing, man. Sir? Oh, I'm doing awesome. I'm excited for this one, dude. This is like a fan, like a real favorite for me. I actually saw this in the theater when I was a little little kid. Wow, that's you know most of the movies we go over. They're like I, I saw this on VHS or I saw this on DVD. I'm like I saw it in the theaters because I did old. <laughs> I did see it in the theater. I was I was a little kid, but I got to see it in the theater. Yep, I remember it when it first awesome. came out back in 2001. I saw it at the Woodland Small in Bowling Green, Ohio. Uh, sadly, the lamented uh, Cinemark Theaters, which got closed because of this fucking pandemic. Oh, and I by the know, way, right. this is not a show for children. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I always like to yeah, start my shows with some with some uh, some uh, swearage. Kids, go home and pass your parents their bong because they're about to get into a really trippy movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when this movie first came out. Um, I liked the idea because they were they were pitching it as a Disney movie without uh, without songs. Yeah, they a, were like, ah, this was a big these... difference than what Disney normally did, which is, uh, you know, the song, the dance, which is what they're doing now, pretty much. Even yeah. Though, I mean, uh, even though it's... Zootopia did not really do that, uh, I'm very glad about that. Uh, and also, I want to apologize for the recording on the old Zootopia show, because that really sucked. Oh, that's cool, man. Well, like, we fixed it. We fixed it. We did not fix uh, yeah. it, dude. I listened to it. It was terrible. No, 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 no. I mean, we fixed it for this this episode. Yeah, the, the, the last one. Was... Oh, yeah, we have, a, we have a new way of recording now. <laughs> um, anyway, no, um, I actually had an Atlantis Lost Empire poster that I got out of the local newspaper, and I had that on Yo. my wall for the longest time. Yo. Um, they were really That's pushing cool. this back in the Disney. This is when Disney was trying some new things, and unfortunately it kind of tanked the... Uh, the animation studio. They made the, 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 let me try this again. They did this. They did uh, Treasure Planet. Uh, both much more um, influenced by Japanese anime. Yeah, for real. And unf they were really playing with 2D mixed with 3D, and it worked fantastic. And there's some Yo. gorgeous, gorgeous artwork both in this totally. and Treasure Planet. And it just absolutely destroyed the company. And so they, uh, the last thing they made was Home on the Range, which I still haven't watched. It's like the one animated Disney movie I've not watched besides Chicken Little, which I refuse to watch. <laughs> um, and Why that was that? it. Oh, Why it just you... looks terrible. And I, I remember when I worked at Disney back in 2004, they had this giant inflatable Chicken Little head looming <laughs> over us as we came out of the backstage. And I'm like, no. Fucking no! I just want I, I, all I want is a shotgun and thirty seconds to make my escape. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> just hit that thing and watch it go. I can't down. believe I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Dan, Dan 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 the Disney Man has PTSD from Chicken Little. I do. That's the, that now it, now it comes into the question: Who's the real chicken? <laughs> You can't see this audience, but I'm flicking them off right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I, so anyway, going back to Atlantis is like this is a movie that I watched re repeatedly on VHS because you know I only saw it in the theater the one time. You know, my parents are like, "Oh, look, Disney movie. Let's let's throw throw the kids at it. Maybe they'll shut up for the next ninety minutes." 
this. And so after that, I was like, oh, that was cool. And they got me the VHS and whatnot. And I really wanted to learn a whole lot more because it was just like, that. Was, I think that was the first, like, you know, s- semi-steampunk kind of element. Because there's a lot of bit of steampunk elements It was in the there. first animated one Disney had done. Disney actually had done a lot of other steampunk-related films in the past. Mm-hmm. Like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and yes, uh, Journey yes. to the Center of the Earth, or Journey which to the Top is, of the World, which is a phenomenal which, movie, by the way. And both of those are big influencers on this guy. Yeah, definitely. You know, There's a lot so. of rivets, a lot of steam, a lot of uh, you know 1910s technology. They uh, well, we'll get more into it when we watch the film. But they used a lot of uh, you know uh, pre World War One tech. Yes, they did. Although that's that is the one major criticism I have now as an adult because I still love this film unabashedly, wholeheartedly. But the one big criticism I have is how the hell did they make that size of a of a submarine when the largest submarine we've ever made was like a quarter of that scale in 1914 during a world war? How the hell did they find the funds to do that? Rich people, robber barons, and a guy who just didn't give a shit. Uh, I guess. It's just like, you would think that they would be contributing to the war effort because that oh, was the like Kaiser. a big thing. <laughs> well, I mean, hell, even against the Kaiser, you know? That's the thing. Like, that would have yeah, been a yeah. way to say fuck the Kaiser. But, uh, yeah, that's so weird. Like, I look at that, I'm like, how the hell do they have... This kind of vessels, not for World War One, and for some, you know, perceptibly at that moment in time, a crackpot, you know, uh, uh, expedition. Like, how did you get the funding for that? No, seriously, movie, tell me. Now, if this movie took place in, like, 1909 or 1907... I would believe this a little bit more. I'll go with you on the magi- on the the majesty that you know you were able to create a uh, a submarine vessel that's like five times the size of the largest submarine we've ever made. Um, but uh, at least there wasn't a war to be distracted by. <laughs> you know, that's that's the well. One to be fair, criticism. it was 1914. The Americans weren't even involved yet. True, but there's it's still there's a lot of money to be made for weapons manufacturing. Oh well, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's how they made the money. I mean, the guy, the crackpot, was spent was uh, making the weapons for the Huns and uh, and used that to build the submarine. <laughs> I guess it's just how did you find the R and D to make that large of a vessel? I mean, eh. I get that it's cool and it's supposed to be a riff on Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and. All this Jules Verne kind of imagery, I get it, but just how movie? How? <laughs> I'll go with the ma- look. I get what you, with the, when they get to Atlantis with the crystal shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Like it, it's that's that's the stuff you can make up because no one really knows. But dude, we had we have a record for the largest submarine ever made, and it's like half this size and plus i think even like the uh, the animators went inside a couple of submarines to do their research and oh, they yeah. were like it's a cramped space and when you walk look at that movie it's like they have all the elbow room in the world it's all like- i can say is i have to quote the great philosopher of our time repeat to yourself it's just a show i really should just relax for sure, though, that's that's something that, that comes up on this show a lot is 
movie bullshit that is should be bullshit, but you just don't care because movie. Because cool movie, <laughs> yeah. Because it's cool. That's something yeah. that, you know, the new Star Wars mo- stuff that I'm like, look, D- Disney, I really don't give a shit what you're doing with Star Wars. I really don't. I don't care if you retcon or go all over the place. Just, you have to ask me two different questions. Uh, you have to answer yes to two questions. Is it compelling or at very least interesting? And is it cool? If you answer to those two questions, if whatever you're doing is the uh, and the answer is yes to either one of those two questions, I'm cool with it for real. Yeah. Like I don't. It's 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 dumb space wizards in in another galaxy far far away. Like yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want. All right. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So how let's shall we hit play? Absolutely. Let's get this bad boy rolling, man. Because I'm excited. Are you guys ready? I hope. I think I'm ready. Because as I mean, if you have don't have the uh, the VHS or the Blu-ray or the DVD or whatever, it is Disney on Plus. Disney Plus. And like just like, I'm sure 99% of the show's worth. It's all on this one magical streaming service that could. Yay for the mouse and you, their. You all your money, uh, kids. Yay. <laughs> Oh god, that mouse is too powerful. But who cares? They got some. They make some really good movies. I'll be honest. Like yeah. they might be trying to take over the world, but god damn it, are they really good at what they're good at? It's like what Lisa Simpson <laughs> said about Google. By God, you're an evil corporation, but you make a fine search engine. Yes, that's exactly. I was totally thinking that. I like that. All right, folks. Well, you got it queued up on Disney Plus or on your Blu-ray or DVD wherever, because we are starting this bad boy in three, two, one, click. And there is a very cool uh, rendition of the Walt Disney Pictures. Oh, I opening. love this! Yeah, dude, like the ancient, you know, hieroglyphs, uh, uh, yeah, or the, all that stuff with the water. I love the the reflection stuff. Yep, and uh, yeah, the entire story of Atlantis comes from Plato, uh, the great philosopher. Yeah. And there's been a lot of different rumors of where Atlantis might be. It might be a Minoan culture. It might be in the middle of the Atlantic. It might be, you know, Plato just making some shit up. And this is actually an alternate opening. Uh, the original yeah. opening was involved a Viking vessel. And it was really cool. It was all the way fully animated. You can find them on the Blu-ray. You can actually find it on the uh, Disney Plus as an extra. I'll also uh, uh, YouTube a link for everyone listening just so yeah. they can check it out. But one of the story one of the story writers came in and said, "Guys, you're going to hate me, but I've got a better idea." And I just don't code about. I don't care about Kita. I don't care about Atlantis. Um, I want to know more about the Vikings, and that's not yeah. how you should open up your film. Yeah. So they actually, you know, re- redid it and did this amazing shots. Honestly, is um, is co- but he was right because I look at the I've I've seen the alternate opening and this all opening is much more poignant. Yeah. Because you know what this actually reminds me of? This reminds me of the uh, the destruction of uh, uh, Krypton in the uh, the very first Superman animated series episode. Actually, kind of reminds me of the uh, the attack of Smog in the Hobbit. Oh, you're right. Well, I try to see. I try to forget about those movies. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, but same idea. Right. And little Kita, the, bra- the bracelet, which comes mm-hmm. back in a really badass way. And dude, can we also talk about the score? My oh, James Newton fucking God. Hard, man. James Newton is one of the unsung heroes of Hollywood. He is so amazing, and he did, he actually scored a bunch of films for Disney, and the scores were amazing. The movies themselves may not have been fantastic, but because he did the music for Dinosaur, which is a 
boring-ass film. Mm-hmm. But his score is so freaking amazing. Oh, my God. This His score is actually, for me, probably one of the biggest highlights of the movie. Because, yeah. my God. Oh, j- check it out. You see the little Atlantean swirl in the water? Yep. I like that they pepper that symbol throughout the entire movie. Yeah, the, the lore of this movie is actually extremely deep. I remember there was actually a website when it first came out, and you could. Exp- it was one of the first movies I ever saw that had a deep website uh, presence. Um, you can oh, go on the website. Like early, you can go on there, like, you can read... er, like early uh, viral marketing campaigns or something. Yeah, sort of like it. Nice. It wasn't even. It wasn't like I wouldn't call it an ARG, but you could go on there and take a look at you know. Maybe how Da Vinci was affected by the Shepherd's Journal and uh, Benjamin Franklin and uh, various people that are very that are known for what they've done. Tesla, right? And then um, completely different. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But they also had you could go on there and you could translate the uh, the language, would teach you the language. It was really yeah, awesome. The- the fact that they got a, a dude to create the language of Atlantis and an alphabet, too. Yeah. Um, uh, and coincidentally, he also wrote the Romulan and Vulcan language for uh, Star Trek. And Klingon. Trek. Don't forget Klingon. Oh, yeah. he Yeah, that's right. And I actually think that dude made a book as well, which, you know, you can actually learn how to speak and to write Atlantean, Vulcan, mm. Romulan, uh, Klingon. And uh, even the Navi from the uh, the James Cameron Avatar movies. Yeah, now, I would have liked to have uh, gotten a copy of the book, The Art of Atlantis, because it's what, Disney does one thing good; they do amazing art books. Yes. Unfortunately, oh I was looking it up online last night, and then the only used copies I could find were like 160 bucks. So I'm like, well, <sighs> shit. That's the mouse for you. <laughs> Give me all your money. Well, it's not even the mouse. It's that's the uh, the the price uh, uh, the aftermarket price. I mean, the original price was only like thirty or forty bucks, which is not which is acceptable. But that was also twenty years ago. Right, right. I also really like this reveal here, where uh... dude, seriously, Michael J. Fox is perfect here as Milo. Isn't he did it? an amazing job in the voice. I mean, they've been talking right. about doing it. There's a there's I... stories going around that they want to do <laughs> if, if they do a live casting. Of an Atlantis, you know, do a remake of Atlantis live action, which I I really fully agree with. I want Tom to Ho- see that. Tom Holland would be perfect. Ooh, Tom Holland. I see. I a lot of people have been pushing uh, um, James Franco. No, James Franco's too pretty. Well, he's also getting a little too old at this point. Exactly. Milo's Tom Holland's be... still young. He's still exciting. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I could see that. But I do yeah. like the reveal that he was just talking to, like, a whole bunch of mannequins that he set up. Yeah. Now, one thing I don't like about this movie, and they actually talk about it a little bit in the documentary, is it goes almost too fast. They were flying to uh, – they basically s- s- gloss over and push as, very, as fast as they can to get to Atlantis. And, and that was a situation I think started happening somewhere in the late 90s, early 2000s in the story. It's like in, in movies. They just, you know, wanted to get to the main spot. They didn't want to build stuff up. That's why I really mm-hmm. like, you know, Star Wars. The original Star Wars A New Hope takes a good long time to get where you need to go. Yep. But you learn about the characters, and this is just very frenetic, very fast. <laughs> you know, within like 15 minutes, he's on the on the damn, uh, he's on the damn submarine. <laughs> yeah, for real. Don't you just love this kind of gaslighting? Oh, yeah. I guarantee you at least every millennial on this planet has had this happen to a job interview or something. Oh, yeah. 
or something or other. Because, oh, you're so much more inferior than I. You just don't have a good work ethic. <laughs> you gotta love the... Uh, I do love the character designs for all of these people. Didn't they also get, like, uh, the dude who did Hellboy to... Yeah, to they got Mike Pignola, the um, who does a very... He's got a very distinct art style. I like the fact that... One other thing that Disney was doing back in the uh, late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s, is they were taking a lot more chances. Like, they got uh, uh, Gerard Scap, I think is his name? I'm probably blowing that one. But he did the uh, animations for Pink Floyd. Oh, right on. And he did uh, the, the character designs for Hercules. Nice. The very, the very nice. thin lines, the very good curves. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the, and the, the swirl, musculature. For, yeah, but he did the uh, animation for uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Not Dark Side of the Moon. Um, the wow. Wall. Disney was taking a lot more chances during the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> Letter of resignation, and uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> Man, don't you just love the fact that the... Because I don't know if you've noticed, but the animation when they show documents, they really get into the detail of it. Like, they had to type that stuff out and well, get what it all in there. They were, using the, they were using the computers and the CGI to actually plant it on the uh, hand-drawn animation. Yeah, and it looks really good, actually. The first time I ever did that was in Aladdin, actually. Uh, oh, really? The, yeah, with... Uh, uh, the the carpet. Oh, okay. Oh, that, put, yeah, the, that the makes textures sense. on the carpet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Now that you point that out. Oh, poor kiddo. And here we got Helga, voiced by the amazing Claudia Christensen. Yeah, the, although I, I was actually watching this uh, with uh, my fiance earlier, and. Um, yeah, the thing is, like, this is pr really, really scandalous for 1914. Well, this is, I mean, this is supposed to be something for, you know, like, out of the 1930s and 40s, but it's, it's, it's just so weird that this predates any of that, especially the fact that they kind of deliberately make her character look uh, kind of like uh, uh, Veronica Lake. Yeah. Well, she's very, very much the femme fatale character. And, yeah, uh, I know. Christian, and it's... Carly Christensen was known for being uh, the second in command on Babylon 5. And I just remember uh, I went to a convention once. It was the official Babylon 5 convention, which was planted at Marcon down in in, uh, in Columbus, Ohio. And this is the one of the most surreal evenings of my life, because somehow I ended up sitting at a table with Bruce Boxleitner, his wife, Tom Savini, <laughs> his wife. Uh, the guy who played the doctor jumped jumped up on the table, whipped his pants off, and started dancing around in his underwear while Gar the guy who played Garibaldi was stuffing singles into his pocket. And Claudia freaking Christian is off in the corner making out with another female fan. Wow. Uh, I didn't and, and Bruce the, is sitting there going, I go work there. with these people. I don't know how I'm going to face them in the morning. <laughs> well, uh... I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to respond to that. It was just one of those what the heck movies. Anyway, this was also um, what's this guy's name? Uh, Mr. Whitmore. Yeah, Mr. Whitmore was actually a supervising animator. Was uh, Sean Keller, another guy I used to know. Um, wow, yeah, was man, right. you really. I, I stayed. I actually, uh, uh, me and my old roommate Jason pigeonholed him at a convention, and basically we were we were sucking down whiskey sours and getting drunk. We bought him a beer, and. Nice. 
and we just kept talking about Atlantis. It was hilarious. We were very drunk. He was he was very polite, but he's like, um, I have to go now. No, no, man. Tell us more about Cookie. Cookie's funny. <laughs> oh, he what a that how patient of the him to put up with you stupid drunk nerds. Oh, we were so drunk. Uh, I love the idea of the Shepherd's Journal, though. It really, it's yeah, like the, uh, it's like the Holy Grail. It's like the Holy Grail diary from uh, Last Crusade. Last Cru- yeah, Last Crusade. Um, and this book must, you know, this book has managed to survive pretty darn well. It must be written on like maybe uh, real parchment, with, like the the, the, uh, the shaved, uh, the scraped lambskin. Yeah, and like uh, reinforced covers because that thing gets tossed around quite a bit, actually, not just through. The course of this movie, but also in implied through the, all the history of it. Yeah. Um, didn't they actually even make like the book itself? Uh, they, too? they showed in the documentary. They showed they had a prop they used for the animation. I don't know if they actually did the the internals though. It'd be cool if they did. Yeah, dude, for real. It's, it's like it's actually, like you can, you can actually buy a holy uh, a, a, a Grail diary that people have made. But I would oh love yeah, to see you, that. I, I've seen I've seen a ton of Grail diaries on Etsy and other places like that. But now, I would love to see someone shame. do a, a book replica. Yeah. Now this is a shame, in my opinion. They get this amazing submarine. You were talking about this earlier that you know they built this giant submarine and it literally just destroyed within the first half hour. It's far it, too cool to yeah. destroy that quickly. No kidding, because I remember that there were Happy Meals of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> like. Man, how cool was that? For real. I and I, I do know that I'm pretty sure there's like a whole bunch of other toys of that. Now, I'm curious. God. Disney's been doing something. Um, oh, shit. I can't remember the name of it. Basically, they've been tying together a bunch of their, you know, secondary stories like the Adventurers Club and the Jungle Cruise and uh, Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. And, and creating a backstory where they, all these different adventurers from the 30s and 40s and all the way up to now are actually interconnected. And I'm curious oh, if cool. Atlantis is going to be pulled into this or not. Uh, uh, they should. Seriously, this... Like, I don't care what the critics say. This movie is friggin' awesome. Oh, this, this movie's actually this, really cool. Unfortunately, it's also this, very short. It's only about an hour and a half long. And originally, yeah. they, want, they originally wanted to do about two and a half hours. But in Disney's infinite wisdom, it said, no, 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 no kid's going to sit through a two and a half hour movie. And I do. Then, I well, let me have. finish. Let me finish. <laughs> in the next year, when Harry Potter came out, it was two and a half hours, and it was a huge success. So I think yeah. that they really could have done a lot more world building, a lot more of the characters. Uh, they kind of had to do a lot of shorthand. Yeah, honestly, this I think the reason why this movie uh, didn't do as well at the box office is just because it just wasn't the right timing, I think. They had a legitimately great idea for these you know despite the fact that it's a little anachronistic in my opinion oh, yeah. um but uh they still had some fucking amazing stuff in this movie it's just that i think Gee. it was just a little ill-timed because yeah. uh let's well, uh, let's also remember this was 2001 now this came out uh in in like july i think uh but you know when it came out on home video and all that sort of thing um we had nine. Oh, I love this cut. The little <laughs> and why did he lose his glasses at that moment? They fly off. Um, because they have to stick to the character design. Because That's cartoons. Why. Yes, because exactly. Cartoons. Oh, I love um, Mrs. Packard. Yeah, actually, Mar- Disney had a lot of plans for this movie. They were gonna. They had a. Uh, 
possible roller coaster ride. Uh, they had a, a, a secondary animated series. Uh, they were going to do sequels. Unfortunately, it just didn't didn't go through. <laughs> did you did you see the uh, the the flap on Cookie's truck? Shut up and eat. <laughs> yeah. Cilantro. Uh, <laughs> just... uh, moment of silence for the great Jim Varney. For real, man. Uh, last, he, last it was actually movie. his last role. He did not see the entire movie finished, unfortunately. But he did get to see them doing... When he came into the studio, they actually showed him little clips of his character, and he loved it. Yep. Ernest P. Worrell himself. Beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. He eats like that is one of my That is one of my favorite lines of this whole movie. I... Yeah fucking love the side characters in this i think oh yeah probably, oh dude that shot fucking great but i think my favorite oh, here is comes guido sarducci Vinny. i mean Vinny. <laughs> Vinny is my favorite character honestly i don't know what but it's just th this delivery right here where he go just like what what else he got in there and he goes <laughs> uh, i love the paper clips <laughs> big ones <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my seriously that's one of my favorite lines of the whole movie just uh just paper clips big ones yeah, james garner doing an amazing job oh yeah he's i, I always you know what i, I think this is actually um, the first time he ever played a bad guy ah uh, it's been a while since i've seen him as a bad guy you're right but uh you know i really uh, you know I, I know he's kind of stale in comparison to most villains nowadays but um one of the things that I really do like how they characterize him specifically, I always thought he is exactly what James Pat or George S. Patton would have been if he had lived from his uh, uh, car accident mm. and went a little nuts. Yeah. Because George was already kind of a nutball. And the stuff that he said about the Russians at the end of the war. Oh, like, yeah. Yikes, dude. <laughs> I was actually reading a, a book on uh, World War II, which I've been doing lately. Uh, no, George Patton actually tried to force every one of his soldiers to wear a tie in front oh, yeah. combat. Yep. Oh, and here's one of the great shots of the movie. Where we oh, get yeah. To see the uh, the whole thing mixed with 3D and 2D animation. Also, I want to mention this is one of the last uh, Disney animated movies made in cine Cinemascope. Oh yeah, the widescreen man. They had they had to uh, readjust how they animated because they were not dealing with the same at rate ratio of si of size. Uh, at one point, the studio thought they were going to buy new desks for everybody, but they figured out how to readjust what they drew on. Oh, and I also love this part right coming up here with uh, oh. <laughs> with Moliere music program. <laughs> Who wrote? Oh my God, that Mrs. Packard's probably my second favorite character. Just, just because she's so dry. Stand like my God. Oh, uh, Corey yeah. Burton is a freaking Corey, treasure. Dude, he's like up there I, with Frank Welker. He's so awesome. Right. I keep forgetting that was Corey Corey Burton because he is a, such a giant in the uh, voiceover community. Yeah. He was like Tress McNeil, Frank Welker. Uh, Corey Burton. These are guys who are just amazing at what they D. do. Bradley, D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. <laughs> How he was able to say these lines so fucking fast is beyond me. He is amazing. It's his job, and he's damn yeah, good at his real. job. Yeah, for and Okay, also, now, we gotta admit, I know he's getting up there in years, but there's only one guy I can see playing Mole, 
in the live action in the potential live action Atlantis. Danny DeVito. Yep. There's only one person. I'm sorry. Like, uh, Moliere is like the original. It's like the original neckbeard. Oh, it burns! Right. It burns like hygiene. <laughs> but Danny DeVito as like a dirty Frenchman. I want to see that. I know actually, he's getting up there, but damn it! I, I'm looking at somebody. I think I could actually do it too. William Who's H that? Macy. Ah, that's a weird choice. Yeah, but if he if he really does like goes manic, I think he can do manic. With what? <laughs> also, Phil Lamar as uh, Doc. Oh, Phil Doc Morris. Sweet. Oh, Phil Morris. I thought that was Phil Lamar. Nope, that is not Green Lantern. That is Phil Morris. I actually looked up last night. Oh, you're oh you're right. That's okay. Because okay, my I, question I, is, I who the hell is she talking on? Does, does she have a telephone line to the to the uh, the surface, or is there her friends somewhere on the uh, on the ship too? Uh, I th- actually I think uh, uh, <laughs> I honestly think that might be a, tel- a an advanced telephone line just for the gag of it. Really. Ah. it's again, it's one of those things like yeah, it's anachronistic, but it's funny. Yeah, and I, I, I seriously I love her lines like he took a suitcase, Marge, honey. I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> We're all gonna die. <laughs> Oh, dude! Seriously, that shot is was literally my entire 2020 vibe. Just yeah. we're all gonna die. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I re- <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez playing her, of course. No, it's not the same oh, voice, but she would perfect in the live action. Oh, absolutely, absolutely be perfect. Now, actually, who I can see uh, James Franco playing is that guy. Oh really, Vinny? Plain you know Vinny? what? Actually, he's got the I can kind of features. You do forget it, yeah. He can do. He's got the features, and I know he can get weird. Like I saw him in the Disaster Artist as Tommy Wiseau. I know he oh, can yeah. probably pull that off. That is terrible, uh, uh, terrible firearm safety, there, young lady. Oh yeah, no kidding. She's dangling her eighteen ninety six off her finger like that. <laughs> yeah, well, then again, is she really the uh, uh, the safety conscious kind of guy, kind of gal? No. You said they'd be digging. You said they'd be digging. <laughs> you said they would be digging. We are in the water. Yeah, actually, um, one of the, the one oh, of the artists, cool. was, one of the artists, was like, how would this ecosystem work? And proceeded to design the entire damn Atlantean ecosystem. Yeah, it was kind of insane. Like, there's just enough scientific plausibility where you're like, hey. That could actually work. Seriously, you guys have the Blu-ray or the DVD of this movie? The documentary is half as half again as long as the damn movie. <laughs> I'll actually there put a link so in the much description thought. for you guys uh, to check it out. There was so much thought and so much interest put into this. And this is also really funny because it's 2001 and they actually had her smoking. This was I know, very, right? very rare. They, th- I was like, wow, they actually let them get away with that. But... In all fairness, it really is part of her character. Oh yeah, that's why they let it in because she had to be a heavy smoker. With sounds like, sounds like a crow with a smoking habit. Yeah, it's got that real, really great voice, you know, uh, by uh, by, um, by the late Claud- Claudia. Or no, wait, no, is she? Uh, is she still around? No, no wait, she's no, not. Florence. Yeah, Florence Stanley. Beggar. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the fact that she's got all this nasty shit all over her workspace. Yep. I also uh, really love that this movie is kind of referential into a movie that came out just two years ago. There's always a bigger fish. 
Which movie is that? Phantom Menace, a classic. Oh, Dan, Daniel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that movie. Oh hush, it's it. Look, Phantom Menace is not that bad. It's still better than Rise of Skywalker. I may have to give you that. <laughs> yeah, score for one for the Tim. Eh, eh, minor th and Jar Jar. Let's be honest. <laughs> I felt bad for Ahmed, Ahmed Best. It was not his fault. He no, did the it wasn't. best what he had. Yeah, it really. Yep, I agree. One hundred percent, George. But dude, look at this thing. What's well, cool is they actually talk about it's not metal. It's it's stone, which is really kind of interesting. It's a totally different technology. I also really dig the sound design of it because when you hear, especially when you hear it over the radio scarp, it sounds like stuff being scraped together, but they reverse the tracks, so it has that weird underwater alien kind of effect. Oh, yeah. This is very, very reminiscent of Nausicaa. Not Nausicaa. Um, ah, shit. Another Japanese anime, okay? I can't remember the damn name. Uh, was. Porco Rosco? Maybe? No, no. It was uh, like Secret of the Blue, the Blue Sea or something. I can't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm 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 a little behind on my studio. But it's got films. it has. You can tell it's got some uh, Miyazaki uh, uh... influence. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. There's there's a lot because I remember you know the makers of the movie were like, okay, well if Beauty and the Beast was like a moving tapestry, and uh, Beauty and the Beast was like a moving uh, storybook. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I love that. This is like if a video this movie. Game. Well, this is this is like uh, a moving comic book. Oh, comic book, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they wanted, you know, so they took uh, inspiration with comic books and, and anime, and I think that's probably the reason See, why they, they got... See, they this amazing uh, damn submarine, and they destroy it within, like, how far are they in the movie right now? We uh, are in, we are exactly 24 like, minutes in. I know, it's like, what the hell, They man? destroy the thing in 24 minutes' time. <sighs> that kind of sucks, actually. I was trying to find a, a model of it last night online because, like, oh, I wouldn't mind having a model of it. Yeah, there's nothing right? out there. There's oh, nothing that out there. sucks. It's like it's trying to get a really good copy, a really good a replica of the of the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Don't expect it's... to pay less than $200. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Which doesn't make any damn sense to me, but oh well. Well, I mean, I just because it's like no one else is making those, you know? Yeah. So the the uh, the, the price goes up because of that. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the oh, creators of this so film cool. really wanted to create make a movie that made you feel like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Star Wars or, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Journey Journey to the Top of the World and Twenty Thousand Things in the Sea, you know, really exciting, interesting ways of doing it. And I just sometimes I wonder if the pacing's just a bit too crazy. Yeah, because honestly, I mean, they did run into the whole thing where that glass break always freaked me out. Um, it freaked me out too, but um, I think they were like, ah, "You just gotta shorten it down to like ninety minutes because that's all we're willing to to shell out for this." Because um, kids can't handle long movies. And then you know, fuck, <laughs> Harry Potter comes out and blows everyone's mind, and you know, I can just imagine all the the filmmakers are just taking off their hats and slamming it onto the floor, <laughs> just like God. I told you now, we could have done it. They were trying in this uh, the wrecks of uh, Atlantis. They they specifically ignored how it's always been portrayed in the past with the Greco-Roman architecture. You know, the, the oh, and columns I really and such. appreciate that. Yeah, 
so they wanted to go for a much, much earlier. They wanted to go for the Minoan designs. They wanted to go for, you know, Asian. They wanted to basically um, pick a little bit from everywhere. Because remember, Atlantis is supposed to be the proto-culture. It's where everything comes from. Yeah, the uh, the the mother uh, the mother nation, if you will. the mother the mother race, yeah, yeah. And apparently, the side characters, the ones wearing the the the, the gas masks and such, yeah, were not hand drawn. They were done in CGI. It's almost like the massive design they used in uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, cool! Because they wanted to, uh, they knew it was going to eat up a lot of valuable animation time, so they figured, hey, let the, let the computer do it. I gotcha. Oh, now there were some so, you know, action shots so that were still drawn stupid. by hand animation. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yep. <laughs> uh, I couldn't the early drive this truck. I can drive clutch, and I couldn't drive this damn thing. No kidding. The uh, just whatever this thing is. Uh, <laughs> well, also, I gotta wonder if it's. Uh, if it's based on the uh, Model T, because the Model T actually had a, a shifting design that's never been used since, because it was extremely ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? I'm inclined to agree with you on that, because... Uh... <laughs> 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 Toe his ass. Besides, it's probably better, that way, have, uh... Besides, it's probably better to have the digger up front anyway. Oh, yeah. Man, uh, seriously, it's it's sad that this movie didn't do as well financially because look at all the toys you could have done for this movie. Well, there were a lot of these toys done. It just wasn't a very successful toy line. I think, mm. I honestly think I had I had a Kita action figure at one point. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it was a blocky plastic figure, but I think I had her. And I checked that out on eBay. You can still find her in a box for like nine, nine, eight, nine bucks. Nice. Now this whole this montage they have was actually yeah, a lot longer. Yeah, this is supposed long. to be a, a lot longer. It was a lot longer, and actually the submarine lasted a lot longer until it got destroyed by something called Squid Bats. But as they were doing the uh, animatics and showing the storyboard, Mike Bignola said, "This is a monster parade," and they went, "Yeah, that's a terrible idea." <laughs> <laughs> it just although I do like I like idea. this scene a lot. Oh, they were just being jerks to him. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Pick on the new guy, ha ha ha! <laughs> yep. And even right here, I do because again, it's these are some nice little character moments for it. Also, remember Although, the doctor, uh, Sweet. Also, I want to note that Doctor Sweet was actually the first African American character was ever animated by Disney in a positive manner. Yeah. Only took till two thousand one. <laughs> to quote oh, yeah. Mrs. Packard. Oh, I love this. This is another one of my favorite moments. Just like, Vinny oh my Dishwell. god, how long is this? This took must have taken thousands of years to carve and make. And, and I love that little thing where his like mustache just smiles. <laughs> it's a great character look. moment. Hey, look, I made a bridge. Eleven tops. <laughs> oh my god, his little, just the little improv, uh, uh, just stuff that he sticks in. It snakes well, that character, yeah. really. Well, remember that animators are actors as much as anything else. They yes. actually sit yes. there with a, with a mirror, and they have to animate themselves. Apparently, that's why Sean Keller got the uh, job to be the supervising animator on Cookie and uh, Whitmore, because he acts like that. And he does. He does act <laughs> with his hands, and he's a little, little wacky talking about it. It's fun. 
couple cherry bombs, a roast. <laughs> I even love that that comes back. <gasps> Yay! And it made Mole actually Moliere to actually look like a mole. They made him short and squat and gave him buck teeth. Yep. Because fuck Lo- the French. We don't it. care if the French get stereotyped. <laughs> uh, or the Italians, or or just. Mm. Also, here's another little thing that I like that comes back with the uh, the boiler. Yeah. <laughs> twist that. Twist oh, that. Oh yeah. Hit the thing. She lives. <laughs> and I also love—I love the animation on this part right here, on Milo, where he's just so smug. Hmm. And you know, I'm seeing this kind of animation with uh, um, Mike McNola's style. I really mm-hmm. want to see like an animated series with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily an, uh, an Atlantis animated series, just with that drawing style, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry, doing these podcasts, every once in a while I just get lost in the film. It's just like, it's so oh, cute. Oh, no. It's, well, it's so gorgeous to look at. I mean, this is, you know, uh, this truly is a widescreen cinemascope epic. Oh, what is he going to have delicious food for? Oh, oh yes. cookie. Oh, I'd eat wor- <laughs> I've eaten worse. You sure? Really? Wait, have you, wait. That's right. You've had haggis, haven't you? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> I've had actually, you know, handmade, boiled, perfect <laughs> haggis like it's supposed to. You look like a zipper. I also really do love. The, well, basically, that, it's just uh... if it's just baked beans and and bacon, I've had that. You've had that. Mm-hmm. It just at least it's not climbing away like it didn't. Better off dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Is a classic. <laughs> but I also like Cookie's line later on where he's like, don't worry, it'll keep and keep, keep and, and keep. keep. <laughs> you know, I just even love that the, all the characters have these extensive backstories, even though they don't really go into them. But you get that sense like, you know, uh, like how Cookie was cooking for, you know, Civil War veterans. Oh, yeah. I think it's in the documentary. He's probably like cooking for Custer. <laughs> and then Sweet just, was uh, sewing up people at San Juan Hill for the Rough Riders. And Mole, well, I don't want to know what Mole's story is. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, no. It's, it's honestly even funnier when you don't know. And the movie's really smart about that. He's like, what, so what's Mole's story? Trust me, you don't want to know. Audrey, don't tell him because I told you you don't want to know. And I, and I ain't going to fall into that trap again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's uh, half, Amer- half African-American, half uh, Native American. Native American. Yeah. Now, I don't think, he got, I don't think uh, African-Americans were drafted back then, but I could be wrong. I don't think so either, but um, yeah. <laughs> Lost my sense of taste. <laughs> I also love she puts bomb. her cigarette out in the thing. Oh yeah. 
Like I, that's an, like even Mrs. Packard has like uh, some real history. Like you could tell she was very flamboyant and scandalous in her day, but now she's just been withered out to withered down to the point where she just does not have any fucks to give for. Anything. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, oh, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, this actually is a very nice scene. This is a good, you know, learning a little bit about everything. Yeah, look, we get to learn and stop and, you know, get have characters actually get to know each other. And I like these characters a lot. I like Audrey. I like Sweet. I like Vin. I really like Vinny. And I like Mrs. Packard and Molt. Yeah. I still think it, <laughs> it does come out of left field later on, which is like, turns out that they're all basically mercenaries. Yeah, it does, but, you know, they, they eventually learn to do the right thing, because Disney! Yeah. I also like this line right here coming up, where he's like, what happened to your sister, then? Shot the title next month. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He's like, her dad's like, well, I don't have sons, but I they're going to still the do nude. that. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> she sleepwalks, good lord. <laughs> Oh man, Th that's some really good jokes right there. And then, of course, I love this backstory with Vinny, where uh, of the no more Chinese laundry. <laughs> well, and I the, have uh... a feeling—I have a feeling that that was completely Don. Like he made that completely up. Oh yeah, well, in the documentary, they talk about how they, he came in, he would read the line once as it was written, and then he read it twice more, completely off script, and whatever he created was so much funnier than what they'd written, <laughs> that they had to animate that instead. <laughs> Boom! No more Chinese laundry. Sent from God. And also, I'd like to point out, he's actually really, really, really skinny. Yeah! And it, he looks like he's like kind of buff in that suit, but it's all because he's wearing protection against his explosions. <laughs> yeah, I think they kind of characterize him as kind of a turtle, but not explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. A good turtle, like as opposed to Mitch McConnell. Mm, we don't talk about that turtle. No. Or the or uh, or uh, Dana Carvey turtle. No. Turtle. No. No! <laughs> turtle, 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 turtle. And well, we got our first look at the Atlanteans. Ah, yes. Which, uh, I, I do remember there was supposed to be a, a point where, they, where Milo got separated from the group, and uh, he uh, uh, found this giant monster creature that the uh, the atlanteans were hunting mm -hmm. and i'm like oh, i'm kind of glad that they cut that because this should be the first time that we get see atlanteans like if he saw atlanteans first he would want to like make contact with them immediately and not just go back to the group and continue the adventure yep and he still doesn't get to take his dump he just has real fireflies fire Actually, it was kind of interesting. I was watching um, Alice in Wonderland earlier this week, and some of the animation they did back in the 50s was amazing, especially with the playing cards. Yeah. You know, all the, the, the hundreds of playing cards they were able to animate. This they had to use computers for because there were so many parts. Yeah, I, I believe it because those, those, it's non-trivial when you have to have all those flies in the same shot. Yeah, um, especially now. I don't know if they were doing digital animation or even like rotoscoping on some of the cars here because they move. No, that's really all digital. Fluidly. Oh, that is all, all digital. digital. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, because they were really pushing at the time how to do this. And, yeah, this is a movie where a lot of people die and die badly. No kidding. It's, like, actually to the point where we get to the, you know, the third act. You're like, how many guys did you actually survive this? <laughs> like, yeah. didn't all of you just die on the trip through? Because you all don't have plot armor? <laughs> yeah. Oh, such a bad thing that the, uh, the diggers up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, not going to lie. This was my exact wording when 2020 was over and 2021 began. Sound Light a match. Not dead. Sound Who's off. not dead? Sound off. <laughs> Don't bit me on my sit <laughs> Oh, my God. Jim Varney, man. <laughs> I could tell that w because, like, hey, we're in, we're going to be in the dark. We don't really have to animate. Just go. Just say something. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I also love this line coming up from Mrs. Packard coming up here. No. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. The sauerkraut's full of fiber. It should like blow through I, you like a prunes. I know, but it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of funny moments, this is also really good. They all turn to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that moment. Just like it would take an explosive force. And they all look at him at the same time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally Cree Summer doing the voice of Kida. Oh, Cree, dude, man, she is a fucking giant in the animation world. You can't. I, I just. I, I literally could not imagine that she did this voice, and she did freaking Elmira from Animaniacs. Uh, El, uh, not just that, but also, you know, dating all the way back to Inspector Gadget as Penny. You know, she was Penny. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Again, she's got her voice in like everything, dude. It's nuts. Uh, she's. I think she's been voicing since she was like 12. Yeah, she did mention that, that she's been doing it since she was 12. Oh, I, had I, I had some interaction with her on Twitter, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, cool. She's very sweet. Yeah, well, I hear she's re really kind of a, a, a really energetic, fun person to hang around with. At yeah. least so I'm told. Um, and I also am told that this is actually her favorite role of hers. Hmm. Well, it's a great character. Kita is one of those, it, you know, take charge, awesome. Kita kicks ass. Are you kidding me, man? Like, yeah. I'm still am amazed that she isn't officially a Disney princess. Like, come on. There's a lot of characters that aren't official Disney princesses. I mean, Ellen Way from Black, Black Cauldron isn't a princess. If she princess, is a freaking princess. If Princess Leia can be a Disney princess, then goddamn it, Kita can too. Is, is, Shut is, is up. Is Princess Leia actually a princess? Uh, well, technically by episode four, but... So. But is she a Disney princess, though? Is she I officially? I think so. You'd have to look it up, because... You know what? Honestly, I say just say fuck the mouse and create your own headcanon. And in yeah. my headcanon, Princess Kida is a goddamn Disney princess, and hell, she is one of the best Disney princesses 
a thank well, you. Since, well, since Disney owns Fox now, then the Alien Queen is royalty. <laughs> That's very true, actually. I love. I've been seeing that meme like ever since they own Fox. Like latest Disney princess. Ah! I also want to talk about how gorgeous that blue color is. Oh, dude, the aqua blues and like that. That blue is greens. so beautiful. Yep. I really want to. I wonder if uh, learning the Atlantean language was like a factor for. Uh, Cree Summers, like, being being this uh, her favorite role. Cause well, yeah, maybe I know, possibly. Because I know Kate Blanchett had a blast as Galadriel on Lord of the Rings. There he is, a the, neckbeard. Uh, oh, he got, he got what he deserved. He's a <laughs> yeah. neckbeard. Yeah, I've been waiting to hit him since, since frame one. <laughs> but uh, I know Kate Blanchett had an absolute blast as Galadriel because she got to learn uh, the... Some uh, Elvish? Uh, the, yeah, the Elvish. I think the same goes with Liv Tyler. One of the two, anyway. Yeah. Um, so that might be a thing, because, you know, it's like a really cool challenge for an actor to learn, like, a fictional language and to emote with it, you know? It's not. It's one thing to actually learn the thing, but to emote with it, to act with it, and express with it, uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's a real challenge for an actor, and I can imagine why that would be like, <laughs> a big watermark. I bet I'm so I bet excited. And Vinny's like, yeah, that, that, me. that 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 shot in of I'm so excited that had to be in all the trailers. I swear. Uh, <laughs> and he's just going talking at a mile a minute, as they say, as a, like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> oh, this is the first. Oh. Uh, the first uh, hinting of something bad about to happen. In all fairness, though, like you, and like if you, even if you haven't seen this movie, like we, as soon as Rourke walks onto the camera, you're like, bad guy, bad guy, well, definitely bad guy. When, uh, Helga shows up for God's sake. She is the ultimate femme fatale. She is like mm -hmm. every femme fatale all rolled Oh, but here's the real star of this movie, Leonard Nimoy, the voice of Galvatron. Oh, Mr. Spock himself. And Actually, it's interesting you, that it, it's yeah. interesting um, tracking Leonard Nimoy's career because after Star, after Star Trek, so many of the other actors just didn't do anything or they were typecast. Nimoy just worked out. He, he kept working. Yeah. He was in Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers. He was in uh, Mission Impossible, the TV series. Yep. Yep. He uh, was phenomenal phenomenal in this movie called Never Forget. Uh, it was a made-for-TV movie from 1991 where he played a Holocaust survivor. Oh, wow. Yeah, he played. it was a true story of a Holocaust survivor who sued a Holocaust denier and it now is, you know, and, and won the content, won the, uh, but he had to really suffer for it because he was so many white supremacists and so many Nazi apologists were going, no, it never happened. And there was just too much proof. But it was amazing. And Dabney Coleman was in that as well as his, as his defense attorney. He was awesome. Wow. I got to check that out. Yeah. Because Len Leonard Nimoy, in my opinion, as wonderful as the whole cast is, I think he gives the best performance in this movie. He gives a very good performance. I, I, I'm yeah. still – I'm up on I'm up on Kida and uh, Milo mostly. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, but I, I guess – 
I don't want to do like say that they don't do a good job because they do both do phenomenal jobs, phenomenal. But for some reason, there is just so much more extra <laughs> for w what Leonard Nimoy brings to the king. Because I remember, you know, seeing the documentary that you you sent a link to, and I and as I've said, I've uh, put a link in the description for you guys to check out. Um, all those of you listening. But he would often do these, like, crazy things with his voice to warm up to give his character the age, and it wouldn't sound too forced or anything. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, man, dude, it's there's just something, because some, some actors just hold that presence on a screen, you know, even if it's only in voice. Like, uh, you remember when um, Prince of Egypt came out and yeah. Patrick Stewart was oh, yeah. uh, King Seti? Like he, even though he wasn't in that movie for very long, he was the Pharaoh. Pres yeah, the presence that he kept brought to that role uh, is still uh, cannot be understated, and I think it's the same here. It's got to be pretty warm down there because everyone's walking around t-shirts and you know short skirts, tank tops. <laughs> I've been in caves, man. They're freezing. <laughs> uh, on, well, actually, it's because of the lava. I think that it's yeah, they got to be pretty warm, warm down, down there. there. It's the it's the lava and the steam because you know that's 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 one of the things that it's supposed to uh, keep the life cycle going in the ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Moliere, no respect. So uh, I also want to know what the hell is the thing with Mole's eyes? Because we never actually see him without his goggles. And even after, like, when they get rich, like, and he doesn't have the goggles on anymore, he still has sunglasses. Like, is he's got, he, he probably Probably because he's, well, bleh, let me try this again. If he is like a real mole, his eyes are very sensitive to the light. So he needs to have those goggles on and such, or it hurts himself, because he spends so much time underground. Ah, you know what? That actually would make sense. That's I my like theory, that. and I'm sticking to it. I like that headcanon. I'm adopting that, too. Yeah. Actually, what's really sad to me is that Disney had so many plans for Atlantis, and they even had an animated series that was being made until this movie came out, and it didn't tank. It did not tank. It just wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be. I think mm -hmm. it cost like anywhere from a, I think a little. Let me try this again. I hate the fact <laughs> that I can't talk. Um, this is going to be a terrible podcast because I cannot speak. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Your idealism up. is welcome here, sir. That's the, yeah. That's what makes up for it. But anyway, movie cost between $100 and $120 million to make, which was a, a fair amount back in the early 2000s. Hell, it's still a fair amount today. But it made about $186 million worldwide, which is not bad. It's yeah. not bad, but it's not the knock it's not it out Disney of the park. It's not Disney money. Yeah, it's not the knock it out of the park hit, uh, Disney wanted. But they had, like, an entire animated series they were going to do, and, the cool, and it was actually going to cross over with Gargoyles. Oh, cool. They were going to bring Demona into it. Cool. And that sounds like, dumb, but it's cool. Yeah, they were actually going to have a crossover <laughs> between Atlantis, because uh, basically it was going to be about using Atlantis technology to bring justice to the world of the 1914s, and Demona had lived all that time period, so they were going to be, you know, some of the characters were going to be hunting her down. That is really dumb, but that's really cool <laughs> well the other thing i'm really sad about is they had this amazing idea for a roller coaster and disney still has not done it as far as i know it mm -hmm. starts as a um standard roller coaster on a track 
And the idea was is that you were going down into Atlantis and you you know had all these really great special effects and such. But halfway right. through, disaster strikes, and they have to switch over from being a track to flying. And literally in the the ride, there's technology that it would go from being a standard coaster to a hanging coaster. So you would literally leap off the edge of a uh, leap off the edge and start flying in, in, in the the ride vehicle, and it sounds so cool. But unfortunately, awesome. it has never been used. As far as I know, it's not been used yet. Disney keeps trying well, to find the right, the right ability, the, the the right design for it. Well, the day they decide to do a live action remake of this, possibly as a two and a half hour film, maybe they can do it then. Because my God. curiosity is, how did they? I keep, I don't remember. How did they forget their own language? They, I, I think it's because like during, it was like during the destruction of the city. Uh, a lot of the uh, the stuff got lost, or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, don't remember. <laughs> that was another th- thing of this movie. Like, hey, wait a minute, you're still here, but you don't remember, or you can't read your own language. Like, sh- the king was around for a very long time before the city sunk. So this is another one of those things where it's like, dude, why didn't you? She tried, you know, putting her hand on it. She tried putting, turning the quarter. See, I'm sorry. If I'm, I'd be, I'd have my hand on that damn thing and turning at the same time, not because of, uh, you know, to try something different. Be like, oh, I gotta hold myself up. I'm just gonna, you know, put my hand here. So it's just like, hmm. You would have think that they would have figured that out, even if they couldn't read. Yeah, like, it's like it's another one of those. You you gotta basically. Hopefully, the characters are stupid. It's they 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 miss something that obvious. It's like. Ready Player One. I love the movie mm-hmm. Ready Player One, but the fact that no one ever tried to drive backwards, yeah, is yeah. the dumbest thing. Because <laughs> literally, it really, everyone no, game... in the games try to break stuff. You you go into a game and you try to break it. It should have been broken like years well, that's, before. That's, that's gamer uh, 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 logic. Is like, hey, let's try this. Let's literally like poke at every single pixel until we find something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty dumb and that, so there's a lot of flaws to this movie, but the stuff that's good. Oh, I don't care. It's so it's good. Gorgeous. I, it is I so gorgeous. I mean, look at the world here. The don't world you building. Do, don't you do, dude, it's very you based imagine? on like, you know, poly, uh, and the Polynesian designs. Yeah. A little bit. I love how she bites the thing to, to make it stay. Hey, if it works. Like, I don't know. Well, there's just a little that I just like that they, you know, make. Oh, geez, we're having a, a who's on wild. first here. Oh yeah, a little little who little Abaddon Castello here. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Tattoos. Oh yeah, this bit here. Oh, here we go. I don't know why, but her face messes with me when in this scene. It's just it's a strange animation to, choice on her, with all the different uh, lines there. It just it, they always looked odd to me. Is it the lips? It might be. The no, lips. it's actually the bags under her eyes. Oh, okay. What is that dinosaur thing? Is that a pet? <laughs> hey, apparently. Okay. Also, you gotta love the uh, the weird ass uh, utensils. Yeah, they kind of work, which, I suppose. 
which I don't really understand, but okay. Still wiggling. (laughs) (laughs) I love the animation on that. Now here featuring a a little guest cameo from Peace on Earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing else. The 303 Enfields, which are some of the classic vault actions. I used to have one of those. I miss it. Hmm. Yeah, my uh, my dad my dad bought it from me, and then my mom sold it to a gun collector after he passed away. Sad. And to be honest, it was her gun by that point. So hey, at least I got a couple. But we're mm-hmm. not going to talk about that here because we don't <laughs> want the government to know where my guns are. <laughs> Sorry. Just sweet little scenes here, you know? It's it's a well-written movie, but it could have been so much more. I think if this movie was, like, a, either at least, like, you know, maybe a 110 to a two-hour movie, this could have been really something great. Yeah. And it actually, you know what? I bet you what? It might have actually been the knockout that they were looking for. Pretty girl. I mean, pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> you got a nice butt. Anyway, um... <laughs> Um, uh, but you know what the other thing is like, is it's so strange because I have done um, that in my shorts so many times when going swimming. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> also, um, can we talk about the fact that this boy can hold his, hold his breath for like ever? Yeah. Even Tom Cruise got nothing on Milo Thatch. Right? Literally, they're swimming down, swimming down, swimming down. Even in the game Subnautica, I have to go find Brain Coral to get some air. But, man, he's just going and going and going. I, I imagine, like, by that point, the uh, the um, the music from Sonic the Hedgehog when he goes underwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a cool shot. I don't care. This is an amazing shot. This gives you just a sense of scale. And history, too, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you uh, did you ever see uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, the new one? The American version? Yeah, the new King no. of the Monsters movie. Okay, well, I there's a really great shot that I totally was like, oh, my God, they're totally ripping off Atlantis. They have, like, a submarine where they go to inside the hollow Earth, and they see these giant lost civilizations with these huge, huge tapestry hieroglyphic paintings of, you know— an ancient civilization worshiping Godzilla as a king. Hey, the Normans. Um, and in, and I was and I am and as soon as I saw that in the theater when I went to go see Godzilla, I immediately thought of this scene from Atlantis. Hmm. And I'm like, that and that just shows that there is some serious stuff to be to uh, to be inspired by uh, for uh, future movies because I know. Tons of filmmakers look at this and like, I want to do that, but for real. Yeah. Sorry, you can tell it's the same artist worked on uh, Milo that worked on uh, uh, Tarzan. He's got very similar facial structures. I just noticed that. Yeah, a little bit. Although I do like that they keep the uh, the the Mike uh, the Mike Mickles uh, kind of uh, fingers and and fingernails. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's straight out of Hellboy. Like you can't yeah. you can't unsee that, and especially Rourke's design. Like, look at his face. That is straight out of a Hellboy. 
You, as a matter of oh, fact, yeah. I bet if you, I bet you what, if you put like shaved off uh, uh, um, horns on his head and made his face red, that's Hellboy. Yeah. You know, like you just give him like the uh, the giant weird demon hand. He's he's totally Hellboy. Oh, that son of a bitch. Yep. Okay, now it's the part where like Kita gets to show what a badass she is. Yep. God damn. <clears throat> Ooh. <laughs> Cockshot. Early Luger. Adventure capitalist. Very early. That is the one disappointment for uh, um, for Rourke's character is like, at the end of the day, as they all say, it's just money, money, yep. money. And look, I get it. I am super anti-capitalist. I don't. Th I find money really boring and really trivial and stupid and just uh, and just fuel for the greedy like i i don't care uh, but so so yeah it's like one of the greatest evils that we have in these days but come on this is an adventure movie do something a little bit more interesting with this character yeah. you know because he's because he still feels a little like he may not be a one-dimensional villain but he's still definitely two-dimensional you know pun not uh, pun not intended i assure you right right um i really want a three-dimensional villain for this i that's one another real reason i think would be a good reason to remake this as live action you know yeah i love this line from Vinny. boom and <laughs> i like that knock knock <laughs> So isn't the king actually supposed to be blind, which is why he doesn't have any... Uh, right, right. Anymore? He lost his eyesight. Um, I think he lost it uh, when his wife was taken in by the heart of Atlantis because he was oh. staring into it. Oh. You know, I really wish they clarified that. Yeah. Because I didn't really read... Because I really didn't uh, know that until I, you know, uh, saw the documentary. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, he was blind this whole time? Oh, yeah. No I got kidding. that the first time I watched this. I didn't quite get that. I thought that was just, you know, they wanted to, they did they drew him his eyes like that to give him a little bit more reverence and that sort of thing. I guess it's because anytime he was addressing them, he was always facing them directly. Yeah. Well, he probably can hear very well where they are. Up, oh, here we go. Oh uh, yeah. This shot is so cool. This whole movie the way is it's cool. Going down. Yeah, well, this scene I think is the one where you really get to just like shut up and let us feel the atmosphere of this movie. You know? Yeah. Oh shit! This is another one of the big experiments that Disney had with the CGI two uh, D. 
because those are all CGI, but they're colored. Uh, they're colored with computer, but they're done in such a design that it looks like it's hand drawn mm-hmm. or hand painted. I also love that there's no music in this in this part here, where we just get to let the sound designers have some fun with the ambience and the yeah the atmosphere. I really actually like that. I like that little design that Helga honestly looked a little little sympathetic at that moment. You know, Rourke never looks sympathetic about anything. Of course not. It's all about the money. All about. But the money. Helga actually, for a moment, looked like I kind of worried about Kita. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, see, like, it, it when they colored her eyes like this, I just kind of assumed that that was, like, the king, too. Yeah. But... Nope, nope, nope. Oh, but this scene. This is where James Newton Howard really gets to shine. Oh, yeah. Just, you don't even have to say anything. The music is now a character. Yeah, even the sound design, too, because I know that uh, Gary Rydstrom... Uh, did a lot of the sound design for this movie. And if you don't know, if, for, for those of you who don't know who uh, Gary Rydstrom is, he is one of the premier sound designers of the industry. I mean, he won several Oscars, including for Saving Private Ryan uh, a couple of years uh, for a, a couple of years back. Um, but and he's still today a, a fantastic sound designer and a great director. He's done a couple of uh, uh, Pixar short films. I don't know why, but I love the design of her walking on the water like that. It's not like a Jesus oh, thing. Yeah. It's just the water is so still. She's barely touching the surface. It, it just actually looks feels like perfect. It, it feels like interactive glass, actually. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that would be a really cool way to do that in live action. Have a very thick plane of glass and have just a very thin layer of water on top of it. I think they've done and that. Like have a, the, and, they do that Cars video once. <laughs> Oh, did they? Really? The, the TV, not the, the music band, the, the Cars. Oh, okay, because that would be a really cool, practical way to shoot that kind of a scene, but also keep it very visually enticing, you know? Yeah. Because you could keep the rocks underneath uh, her feet and everything. Mm-hmm. You listening, Disney? Give us our live-action reboot. I will. I will pay so much money. You'll direct it, man. <laughs> I I would love to, but um, mm, have put actually no. I can't the, see, maybe not direct it. Maybe you, you can be the cinematographer. That I'd be okay with because I'm, <laughs> I'm like that's a little too much money to trust in my hands. Yeah, like, I, even I don't have faith in me on that. You, you mean, come, throw, like, give me two hundred million dollars to move, Give me two hundred million dollars to basically say fuck the patriarchy. Which I'm like, look, I'm really happy that I'm doing this, but I would be way in over my head doing something like that. Yeah. I need a little bit of experience first, but uh, as far as... The effects animation in this is amazing. I mean, there are no black lines at all. She is all crystal. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, it is. They use white lines instead of black ones, which adds to that ethereal look. Works still not impressed. Works like I don't know if I can sell her. <laughs> well, she is brown. I'm sure we can sell her somewhere. Oh, it's so bad. All right, but this I... sequence is cool. Like when yeah. uh, the uh, the masks fall down, 
Mm -hmm. and there's like a shield. When I saw that in the theater as a kid, that actually low-key blew my mind because I'd never seen something like that. Just, ready, watch, here it comes. Boom. And you can see the sphere as the water hits it, but otherwise it's completely invisible. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's a great design. I mean, there's all I can really keep saying about this movie is it's got some wonderful designs with some minor story issues. Yeah, yeah. And again, it probably would have solved if it was like a two a two hour or a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, give it like another fifteen um, and twenty like minutes a, and just let it fill it out. And just a couple of like tiny bit of rewrites, like maybe instead of nineteen fourteen, make it like nineteen twelve or nineteen thirteen. Just so, because I still get hung up that a world war is going on right now. (laughs) And this kind of hardware is not being used for the war effort? No. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) The Americans didn't care at the time. They would happily, they would, they would, they even mentioned they might sell her to the Kaiser. So come on, they're looking at how to use the cash. I guess it's just. It bugs me, because I, I know that, uh, you know, we were famously isolationists through, like, the first half of the war, but come on. We're always isolationists. We always were isolationists. You know, when World War II was going on, pretty much everyone was like, fuck you, Roosevelt, we're not going to touch that war. And he's just like, um, we kind of have to, I can see where this is going. <laughs> yep. And that's why he let Pearl Harbor happen, man, it's all a conspiracy! No, it's not. No, it's not. Shut the fuck up, you you pieces of shit. (laughs) Also, I gotta really hand it to the animators for not just, you know, having all these explosions and no music numbers or anything, but the fact that they could get away with just a little bit of animated blood, too. Yeah, Like that scene where, you know, Milo's cut and, you know, Akita heals him up, and when Rourke punches him, like, hey, man, it's cool, we got a little bit of animated blood. You don't see that too often. This yep. was after PG meant something, you know, before yeah. PG used to mean something. And like the like hell, I remember uh, PG the... movies having bare breasts, for God's sakes. No, right. They weren't there on screen for very Woo-hoo. long, but they were there. Duck tits. Woo. <laughs> I was actually think about the original airplane. Oh, yes, of course. Because that was PG, but it had a, a pair of bouncing boobs went past. Yep. Because, oh, God, think of the children. My sentiments. You may have exactly death by titty. I, seriously, that line where she just takes a whiff of the cigarette, we're all gonna die. That was that's been my that's been my attitude for the last couple of uh, couple of years, really. <laughs> just we're all gonna die. But nobody we knew. <laughs> I also love he threw double parking into that, like. You know that Don is just riffing out his ass, and I'm here for it, you know? Yep. Even Helga doesn't look very happy with him right now. No. And the soldiers are like, screw it, whatever, we get paid. <laughs> we get paid, and also, we really want to go home, because I didn't sign up for this shit, and I lost, like, 90% of my guys on this, exposi- on this expedition. <laughs> Oh, and I also like this. He's like, oh, hold on. You don't, you don't go out there, Milo. You don't want to go out there yet. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> and then as soon as it's all done, he just kind of looks up and looks at him. Now you can go. 
Oh, uh, seriously, Vinny. He's the explosive experts are in these kinds of movies are usually my favorite character for some reason. I guess you know, Sparky, Sparky, boom. <laughs> I just want to say that I really hope this this recording is working because everything looks good, but you know me and technology. Oh, we're gonna be fine. Yeah, keep positive, my friend. These I remember they used to sell um, at conventions. Oh, the yeah, necklaces. Actually. Yeah, I. You know what? I actually, my sister actually has one of the original ones from like two thousand and one. Okay, cool. And she's kept it all these years, man. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, and uh, I think uh, she also got another one for herself. And now I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna call her up like after the podcast is over and be like, Hey, can you? You got another one of those? Because I just rewatched this and. I miss having one of those myself because she totally had one of those. Yeah, but I actually I remember seeing I... people making their own. They had like a little LED light in the uh, base and oh, used, yeah. like a, yep. used like an actual quartz crystal. I bet you can actually get a whole bunch of these on Etsy. Plus, I'm I'm pretty sure there are ones that change color and stuff too. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's all his, his fault. For real. This vocal performance by Leonard Nimoy is probably the best vocal performance in the movie, right? Just this this dying last testament of the king yeah. is just amazing voice work. Like, you can feel the tragedy, the weight, the age, the despair, the, 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 uh, uh, the illness, all in his voice, man. Hats, hats off for Leonard Nimoy, man. Oh, he's amazing. And may... And may he rest in all the peace, man. Yeah. What a what a fucking icon of nerd. He checked culture. out in 2015 because he wanted to be the pred. He wanted to be the uh, uh, didn't want to mess around with 2016 and everything that came after. <laughs> oh, I do not blame him. He was he, truly a man, very wa- uh, uh, truly he was wise ahead of his time. <laughs> also, an amazing photographer. Oh right, yeah, I've seen his stuff, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And Michael J. Fox, who's still out there doing his thing, but unfortunately he no longer acts. Yeah, well, I mean, in all fairness, he had a really good career. And based, and after, you know, his uh, struggles with Parkinson's, I'd say he'd earned a really nice retirement where he can relax yeah. and just kind of kick back and enjoy what he's done. Oh, here he goes. Oh, yeah, I love this little rant this here. rant. I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks a little like uh, Don Bluth from Titan A.E. there for a second. A little bit, you're right. But you got to remember, you know, some of the animators at Disney were influenced by Don Bluth. He's another fascinating oh, totally. dude. We could do a whole show on Secret of Nim, but that won't be a Disney Dan. I'm sorry, Disney's Dis- Dan Dan the Disney Man. Yeah, do it right. Yeah, that's the reason why we had to change it from a Zootopia on our last episode. <laughs> yeah, apparently there is, like I said, there is a guy on YouTube who's named Disney Dan, and he's got a much bigger views count than I do. Well, one of these days, damn it, we're going to be able to outdo him. One of these days. Oh, I, I hope so. I bet you what. I bet you what. Well, it always kind of amazes me when I'm like, you know, poking around YouTube and I find these videos of like, you wouldn't believe this Disney secret. And people they got like, you know, 100,000 views. I'm like, dude, I knew that back when I was in high school. 
Apparently, I've been doing this shit way longer than I should have been, <laughs> and not yeah. not, take, not taking uh, advantage of it. You should have. Well, this is why we're here. You got something sporty? You're like a tuna. <laughs> <laughs> I will, man. Seriously, just I love that he it, that uh, Don is basically his uh, character from uh, Saturday Night Live. Just oh yeah, he's Guido. One hundred and ten percent. Just a hundred and ten percent jerky did ammo. See, did you made uh, after my own heart? I also loved his little cameo in Casper. Oh yeah, yeah, that was really fun. His head's bad and backwards. Casper is a terrible movie, but that whole sequence is one of the funniest goddamn things ever. Especially with Dan Aykroyd. Who are you Peter gonna call? Van, you know, you know. Someone's gonna, gonna call someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Short barrel mortar there. Oh, maybe they got through. Maybe they got a hole through the ceiling. I don't know. Whoa! Look at that light. Hey! Hey! hey light at the end of the tunnel. Even when you okay, right? Sparky. With the with seriously with those shadows, tell me that's not Hellboy. Yeah. Tell me that's not Hellboy for real. Like, oh, this three D stuff with the other uh, ships. Oh, so, very oh, very cool much shot. a callback to the. Uh, the the balloon from uh, Journey to the Top of the World. Mm-hmm. I think I'm calling it the wrong movie. I think it's called The Island at the Top of the World. I could be wrong. <laughs> you get to my age, Don't... you just you forget these things because you get old. Fish attack! Man, I love the sound design of these vehicles. Oh, yeah. Like they sound, they it, it's uh, I believe it's these, these call... freaking things. It's like okay, where the hell did they get these like powered gliders? I monoplanes like monoplanes did not exist back then, and this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, again, <laughs> it's really anachronistic. I'm like, why this very, wasn't like this I say, shit? This is very steampunk. This is extremely steampunk. Because I'm like, seriously, where, where was this equipment during a fucking world war? <laughs> but I do love the uh, the sound design of the uh, the Atlantean vehicles, because to me, I, they have this quality that I call mechanically organic. Yeah. You know, uh, it's Ooh. it's. Oh, that, yeah. Taking Sorry, pictures. The, ex the, the, the explosion where the guy, you literally saw the guy's skeleton. Yeah. This this movie's hardcore, remember. Uh mm -hmm. what do they what what do they say in production? Uh less music, more explosions. Something like that. Yeah. And they actually got the uh cocking mechanism on a, a Mauser 1996 correct. Oh, I like this. <laughs> Let's talk Let's more song. Let's talk more song. <laughs> uh and, and Rourke's such a badass, his... he's he's bounding a, a Maxim with his bare hands. A friggin' hands. 1919. Uh-oh. Look out! <laughs> Come on, your time's up. <laughs> Any last words? Uh... <laughs> oh, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy! <laughs> Full Clark Griswold. You, you fucking whore. 
Oh, and she's going to kick his ass. Wee! Damn. Kind of lucky she didn't get sawed in half by that propeller. Oh, yeah. You know? That's, that'd be oh, too hardcore uh, even for this movie. Although I'm told that... Uh, um, uh, oh, God. I'm blanking on her name. Um, Hel uh, Helga. She apparently is like one of the queens of uh, ins uh, of everyone's first uh, lesbian crush. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I'm heard told. that before, too. <laughs> like the, the uh, first lesbian handbook. It's like this character... Sigourney Weaver from Alien. No, no, Vasquez from Aliens. Yeah. And it looked like she actually broke her back on the way down there. Yeah. I'm a bad guy now. <laughs> you know, I'm actually kind of surprised that Milo didn't cut himself on that thing. Glass is sharp, you guys. Oh, yeah. And so why didn't Milo turn turn into, like, a freaky crystal god demon thing? Because he would have cut his hand on that. I bet you what. I think we said it earlier in the, in the podcast. Plot armor. Yeah, that's right. Also, villain needs to go out. And I do actually think this is a cool villain death. Oh, yeah. Where he ex basically explodes into a thousand shards. That the shards that somehow snap the uh, 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 the chains quicker than a bone saw. Well, bone saw is designed to cut through bone. It's not designed to cut through metal. Let's talk more saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I, 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 I could cut through uh, you know uh, I can cut through wood with a with my pocket saw, but I'm not going to be able to cut through metal. Oh, I can use a, an actual jigsaw or a hacksaw for that. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this, I swear. <laughs> but I get but because they're magic crystals, that's why they're able to cut through metal chains and like without a whole lot of force. Oh. Well that oh, didn't work. No. Oh near. Takes one missed up he he trips he trips on his own two feet and he dies. End of movie. Credits. <laughs> right? This oh, is this a cool, is really very cool, cool little uh, shot here, yeah. That's, that, is the, uh, that is the hardest level in the uh, Aladdin uh, <laughs> Nintendo 64 game. Right there. Well, this is, that was one of the, uh, what Disney uses uh, something called Deep Canvas, or they used to, where they would have mm -hmm. the CGI and then have the hand-colored te textures over it. They used it okay. to a much better effect in Tarzan. But they okay, still use right it a lot on. in the S1, too. Open sesame. It's pyroclastic fury. It sounds kind of sexual. <laughs> we re we really do have to erotically charge everything on the show, don't we? No, I have hey, to erotically charge everything on the show. <laughs> hey, don't you really love the fact that they magically took uh, opened the uh, the safe at exactly the right spot for the Atlantean symbol? Of course. Yeah. But in all fairness, this sequence is really fucking cool with all the LED lights. Oh, it's beautiful. Hey, check it out. It's actually uh, Tr Tron Legacy, right? <laughs> no, Tron. <laughs> no, this is good. 
Oh, you're going to piss off a lot of people for that I one. I don't give you know a that? shit. I, I was not impressed by <laughs> Tron Legacy. The movie was boring and had none of the... That's what, what made Tron work so well in the first place, is Jeff Bridges was freaking hilarious. And Tron Legacy has so non... no humor whatsoever. Absolutely none. Oh, well, here we got... Uh... We have the Iron Giant. You know... You know what? Actually, I'm not going to lie. Do you know how freaking cool it would be? They're never going to do this. They are never going to do this. But hear me out. For the okay. live-action remake, when they do this sequence here with the Titans rising from the, uh, the water, it's stop motion. Oh, that would be cool. No, I mean, actually, no, I, I, I've i actually seen an artist. His name is, uh, uh, crap. Is it Phil Tippett? No, no, it's, it's Worthy Kids. There's a guy okay. on YouTube named Worthy Kids. He did that uh, Big Top Burger animation I showed you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. But he's also been able to master using Blender to make it look like stop motion. Ooh. It, it's amazing. It looked exactly like the old Rankin Bass animation. Or like but it's the all Jason CGI. the Argonauts stuff. Like, uh, well, Jason Harry the Argonauts Nelson. or, or uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed he... Reindeer or, you know, Santa Claus coming to town. That kind of this... animation. This but he does my it. Mind. Yeah, but he does it so perfectly; it looks exactly like that Rankin Bass stuff. But yeah. Cool. Oh, the the lava wave, like, and I love how dead silence, and you can kind of see even the ember kind of still hot. Yeah. Now I didn't realize this was cracking, but I'm like, ooh, it's cracking in the shape of the. Gr uh, like the the Atlantean language, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, all their culture and all their uh, language and everything else is always based around those spirals. Yes, yes. It's like, but a I like that they incorporated that into the uh, the actual breaking of the rock. But seriously, yeah. that sequence where the lava goes over them, I'm like, I have never seen something like that. It's like if glass could hold back lava. Yeah. That that's such a cool thing to visualize. That blew my mind as a kid. And the really soft strings. Man, dude, seriously, James Newton Howard cannot get enough credit for this. No. And I also really like this little little coda with the brace with her bracelet from her mom. <laughs> it's really cool. It's like that she just, finally got her quit. That, that ties the whole movie back together. Yes, for real. That is some good storytelling. That that's what Disney calls plussing because it's like they didn't have to put that in, but they figured out how to make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, in the general film world, it's called uh, uh, the uh, um, uh, what was it? Um, it was something Billy Wilder talked about. The hot dog, the weenie. No, no, it was, uh, uh, oh God, it's, I'm, I'm gonna, don't uh, hurt yourself, it's, man. It's, 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 I'm gonna fucking lose my shit over it. <laughs> but it's nice to see that, you know, Norwals, it... Norwals, swimming in the ocean. <laughs> but it's nice to see that, uh, uh, the main couple, they don't even kiss, they don't even. You know, it's they don't be all really worthless, get this, this worthless get metal we don't use for that anything. Never happens in movies. You can't build it, can't cook with it, can't eat it. You can have all you, you can have all the gold you want. <laughs> <laughs> I 
again, Don is just, he is just riffing, you know? Lost. <laughs> the lard. <laughs> the bacon grease from the whole trip. Oh, God. I had a thing of bacon grease once that I, I left on my counter too long. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that the level was rising. I couldn't figure out why. Well, apparently there was carbon, da- there was some gas building up underneath. My my bacon grease burped, and it smelled like an unwashed ass in a sewer in August. So, in short, it sound it smelled like mole. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. So, guys, if you have a bacon grease can like I do, please make sure to uh, uh, empty it from time to time, because otherwise it will burp, and it will smell like the most noxious fart you've ever had. <laughs> Noted. Boy, I really wish I had, uh, I I had, oh, yuck, he's fucked up the pictures, (laughs) there's a lot of rocks, okay, so, the thing that was driving me nuts earlier, uh, that little extra touch, uh, the Lubitsch touch, which is something that Billy Wilder used to talk about. Which okay. is where you add just a little bit extra and you t- use uh, these tiny little things to tie them together uh, a little bit better. Um, and I'll actually uh, uh, put a link in the description for a little bit more extensive stuff on the Lubitsch Touch because that's a really great stuff for <laughs> storytellers and writers to learn. Also, like the uh, the tribute to the, uh, uh, the, the classic painting. Um, also, I'm just glad that... Uh... I'm glad that Milo's cat is being taken care of. Yes. What was the name of that Aww. thing? Disney. The what's that? Uh, I'm just going to look something up real quick. Disney Adventurers Club. What you looking up? Well, I talked about it a little earlier that Disney's got this whole big thing about Disney uh, various action, you know, uh, the the adventurous things that Disney's, like, trying to link together. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of it, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's gonna drive me nuts, because it's like, it's like a big background story Disney's doing. I'll have to now look this... it up, and I'll, I'll put a note in the, uh, in the, um, comments when we post this on YouTube. Okay, cool. But, uh, this shot here, man. Can we talk about this last shot? Okay, I got Holy it. shit! Yeah, it's Holy an amazing shot. Shit. They said this was the most complicated shot they had to do in the entire film. No, it's yeah. called the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, or C for short. It's an organization that Walt Disney Imagineering has been steadily incorporating into attractions around the world. Um, it it has had the Jungle Cruise. It's got Hong Kong Disneyland's Mystic Point, the Adventurers Club at Disney, the Skipper Tantine and Restaurant at Disney World, at the Alani Resort in um, Tokyo, in... in um, Ah, fuck it. Uh, basically, it's something that they've been linking together, and soon Disney's going to be ending up uh, actually making a movie based on it. They're nice. Making it, they're making it official. The script's being worked on, and they're going to try to link together everything that the book is doing, including Atlantis. Wow. Okay, guys, Damn, that's it. what a last shot. It what is an a last, last shot. shot. 
Because what was it like? Almost like, uh, just thousands of layers on layers to yes. The they could not have done that. They, it was as they said they wanted to do a multi. They wanted to plus a multiplane camera. Hey, Joss Whedon worked on this. Fucker. Oh wow, really? Yep. yep. James Newton Howard, man. But uh, yeah, so. And I also love how the the shark kind of goes up, and it's exactly like the uh, the the ending of uh, Back to the Future, <laughs> which is also the only you would Michael notice J. that. Fox. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Back to the Future fan. What can I say? But uh, yeah, guys. man, that's it. How, how so? After now that you've seen it once again, how does it hold up after? Like, God, it's actually been twenty years. Been twenty years. It is twenty years, man. I just realized we were totally doing this. It still and holds it's... up, though. It, it, the coloring was a lot flatter than I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they used a lot more primary colors because they were going for a, an animated comic book look. Right. But I think right. The, I think the coloring in, in Treasure Planet was a lot more detailed. Mm. Um, we'll have to do Treasure Planet again sometime. <clears throat> yeah, but I like it. I think it's really still a good story. I wish that there was more that was uh, more char- more uh, character designs and. Uh, development and more story, but I think with in the limited amount of time they had, they had some really good stuff. Um, Aubrey, Mrs. Packard, Mr. Harcourt. Yeah, there's Sean so, Keller. Sorry, uh, dude. I, yeah. I I hope you enjoyed me make you know telling our little story on this if you ever hear it. <laughs> but I gotta ask though, because you know when they the creators of the movie, the producers and all that, they, they when they sat down, they wanted to be like you know they lamented, oh man, they just don't really make them like they used to, like Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they yeah. wanted to do a movie like that that invokes that same sense of adventure. And I gotta ask you, from your perspective, did they do that for you? They came close. I mean, okay, yeah, I can take more that. like I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is still one of my favorite movies of all time, bar none. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got perfect pacing. Yes. Oh um, my god. Like I said, this perfect. one it 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 really has some issues with the pacing. Plus the fact that uh, it's not really hinted at the fact that they're trying, you know, Whitmore basically financed this entire thing because he wanted money. I know, right? And during a world war, goddamn! You won't let that go, will you? I really, I'm a huge history buff, and I really have an affi- uh, right. exfi- uh, 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 affiliation with uh, uh, World War One. All right, guys. Well, so. I gotta let you go because I really have to use the restroom, and I have had for like an hour. <laughs> so um, I will talk to you soon, Tim. Thank you very much to our our, our twelve loyal listeners. Uh, hopefully, this, yeah, this recording's better hopefully. than our Zootopia one. Well, I'm pretty sure that by the time you know people start really li- listening in on this, we're gonna have a big, a little bit bigger following. I'm hoping. Hey, why don't you guys hit that subscribe and that like button? Share with your friends on Facebook and social media. Get the YouTube algorithm to notice that we exist. (laughs) Yes, please. We exist. We're here to do the show for you. We're here to do the show. We are monkeys dancing for your entertainment. (laughs) Dance, monkey, dance. (laughs) But yeah, man, it's been really good having you here. Uh, We'll have you again uh, probably... We'll probably have you again for uh, um, not next month because, like I said, uh, on uh, the last we're we're going to be taking a, a little bit of a break on uh, for May. We're going to have uh, two episodes and one bonus episode just because I love you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, we'll be back for Kai June. Not entirely sure what we're going to do, Ben. 
But you guys I have any sugge- you if you guys have be... any suggestions, because uh, Kaijun will be about you know giant ro- giant monsters, and we've been thinking about like Pete's Dragon, but there's got to be some other Disney movies I'm not thinking about. Yeah, we're also considered Mighty Joe Young, um, but yeah, there's really not. It's Disney make more kaiju movies, damn it! Yeah, make giant robot <laughs> giant monster movies, damn it! Make them let them fight, let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this um, is Dan Dan the Disney Man signing off. And this has been Tim, and uh, you've been here for uh, a spot where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace out, friends. Peace.